Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yo, what up? This is DJ Newmark, a.k.a. Uncle New. From Jurassic 5, and you're checking out the library with my main man, Tim Onicole, on www.rapstation.com. guest does either quote mashups or remixes a better term one that i found reading his bio is quote conceptual collaboration after hearing his collaborations we can all agree that producer and dj americo Gazaway is up there with the best with what he does uh americo welcome to the library of tim thank you thanks thanks for having me um so in your uh collaborations i think for me what is incredible is that you have this way to convey what the artist's inspirations were, you know, whether it's a uh, UGK and BB King, and you kind of bring us through this whole, the process of, of their art. Um, something that I kind of try to do with these podcasts, like take the artist or the producer and have them walk through their art with us. Uh, when you do these collaborations, how, how do you do that in the audio world? It's a number of different ways. I mean, it comes from just a lot of critical listening and research. You know, a lot of, a lot of the times I'll be reading, reading an autobiography about the artist while I'm listening to their music and just trying to absorb as much of it as, as much of the music as I can before I even begin to kind of start on the projects themselves. But, but yeah, I guess, I guess it just comes from a lot of dedicated listening. You know, I just go into the record store and digging through records and reading the liner notes and reading about it, reading interviews with the artists. Um, I don't know. I'm really fascinated by the history behind all of it. So how do you know, like, when you're doing this, how do you kind of, uh, how, do, how do you know that these, like, two completely different artists are, I guess, I mean, through through the work, they, you realize there are so many similarities to between the two artists, but how do you know that these artists are going to work perfectly together with what you're doing? I mean, you, you know, you've done, like, James Brown, James Brown, or Yasin Bey, or Marvin Gaye, and B.B. King, and UGK, but how do, you, how do you know that all these guys all these artists will work together or is it just kind of trial and error for you? Some of it's trial and error and some of it is just having faith in the process. And that's, that's something that I've learned just being an artist in any type of field, you know, whether you're doing music or graphic design or art, you know, you have to kind of maintain a faith in the process and that, you know, something cool is going to happen if you stay focused and keep, you know, playing with the samples or, the colors or whatever it is you're you're trying to create art out of i think that's an important lesson that i've learned as an artist is to 
is to just keep pushing because because it can lead to really unexpected combinations and, and stories and, and things that you know you would have never even thought of originally. I don't know if that's too abstract, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I imagine like I don't know. I, mean, I'm, you know, I, I was listening to an interview and you talked about uh, the the UGK BB King collaboration and how that came together for you in terms of you know I think you were listening to an an NPR piece on BB King. Um. I mean, so so I guess it could be something like that, but then it could for you. I mean, do you always have? Do you have to have interests in these artists first, or do sometimes like you something here sparks your interest into these artists, or are you a fan of the artist first, and then that's when you go in and do the do these pieces? Uh, I'm usually a fan of the artist, but you know, I end up learning so much more about the artist by the time it's all over that. You know, I I feel kind of a connection with it after I'm done. And, and that's part of the reason I like doing these projects, too, is just because, I, like I said, I like history and I like learning about the artists and and getting in touch with their music and, and their their thought processes. And um, but, yeah, it's usually, you know, there's usually some kind of trigger like that with the NPR interview that I was listening to about B.B. King or The Trail is Gone or... B.B. King spoke with Terry Gross in 1996, and she asked him about his first guitar. It had a hole in the center, and it was a, it was made by a company called Stella. And it was red. Um, <laughs> Did you think I, that was cool or silly? <laughs> no, I thought this was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh-huh. A guitar made a sound. Or, you know, with Yaz and Gay, there was the song Modern Marvel which was a most deaf track that sampled Marvin Gaye where, where he asked in the song it was a lyric that he that most deaf said you know if Marvin was alive what would I say to him and and so the whole Yaz and Gaye project was kind of a response to that lyric or that uh, that question and so there's you know there's different triggers like that that can you know push me in different directions or give me give me different ideas for for future collaborations how do you know when? Uh, how do you know when 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 a project is just not going to work out? Uh, I usually know about like one or two songs in. You know, either it works or it doesn't. And a lot of times, there's that magical moment where where it kind of really starts to feel like something. You know, feel like something special. Like you know, I think I had that moment with Inner City Traveling Man on Yaz and Gay. Or break of dawn on Fail Our Soul, you know. Usually there's one song that you stumble across and, and things start really working. But yeah, I mean, I usually don't get, you know, if, if it's not working, then I'll either take a break or come back to it. 
you know, there's a couple of projects like that that I've had to actually before I was working on the Yasin Gay project, I was working on two other projects before that that I kind of had to abandon for a little while. But I haven't given up hope on them. I'm just, you know, maybe I wasn't in the right mind state. Maybe if I come back to it a year later with a different perspective, you know, things might work. And, and that's what I was saying about keeping faith in the process is that, you know, I, I try not to just abandon it or give it up completely because there's been times where there's been, there's been times where I made like a, a, a bunch of tracks for one project, you know, like 20 different tracks. And, you know, I didn't like the first 15, but then the 16th track is like the best one, you know, and then that kind of starts to reignite your faith in the project. And you're like, well, made a, sometimes you have to make a bunch of bad songs to get to the good ones. Right. Do you have a, do you have a, I mean, with these projects, do you have, are you the ultimate, I guess, are you the final say, or do you have like a kind of a sounding board group of guys, you know, group of girls that you go to that kind of give you uh, their critique of your work prior to making it final? Well, I have my partner, Ricky Mindlin, and, you know, he helped me come up with the whole Soulmates project idea. And so, you know, he's helped me. He's, He's been a sounding board for feedback and, you know, helped me conceptualize albums like Yaz and Gay. And it's nice to have that. And and he's usually very honest with me, too. You know, he'll tell me if something something isn't working in his opinion or if it, if it doesn't sound right. And so it's good to have that, you know, um, a system of checks and balances. But but ultimately, you know, it's still my art and, you know, I'm the producer. And so I, I get to have final say in it and. You know, I mean, in, in the future, it would be nice to actually run it by the artists involved, you know, and I'd like to start doing that more and more. You know, I've tried to get I tried to get in touch with Yasin Bey before the Yasin Gay album came out. And, you know, I was able to get uh, the Trill is Gone album in, in Bun B's hands the day it came out. And so ultimately having their blessing is is more important than anything for me. And um, and so that's that's going to be my goal in the future, but yeah, obviously because hip hop music uses, uh, uses sampling. Uh, are there mash are, are the fact that there are samples that in the music, is it make, does it make it easier or harder to kind of create these collaborations? And if it does make it harder, what challenges do you face when a beat is either heavily sampled or, or has not many samples? It's difficult, you know, artistically it's challenging because you're trying to make something out of nothing. You're trying to make, trying to tell a story out of all these puzzle pieces that might not necessarily go together at first. And so you kind of have to use like another side of your brain when you're dealing with these samples and, and, you know, think outside of the box, but, you know, sampling is obviously a legal issue too. And, and so that makes things difficult, especially when, you know, when people like the music and they want to use it in like a commercial or they want to use it in ad, but that, you know, then we have to, track down you know publishing and clearance from you know seven different publishers or whatever like you know the more samples i use obviously the more difficult it's going to be to you know have this music exist in a way that that's legal and that where where artists can benefit from it but but we have been able to clear certain things like the apple commercial that i did with the the track you are undeniable from guys and gay side two We 
we were able to get the the clearance for that and release it on iTunes and um, and so that's made me more cautious, I guess, when using samples. You know, I mean, I, I used to just kind of go go crazy with it and use as many samples as I felt necessary. And now I've taken a step back and tried to do some research. You know, who owns the publishing on this? Is it all under the same umbrella? Is it all under the same label? You know, if somebody, if we were to try to actually clear this album, you know. Maybe I can keep it all in the same umbrella that way, you know, finding finding the clearance and getting the publishing, all that could be easier But down the road. But, you know, ultimately I want these projects to, to be heard and be enjoyed by people that like this music. And I want these artists' legacies to live on. You know, if there's a way to, to work with the labels instead of against them, you know, I'm all for it. So, Another thing I really appreciate about your collaborations is the fact that you you like to incorporate interviews um, from the artists or artists that are talking about the two artists that you're highlighting. One of my first days of really experiencing what segregation was really like. A mob had killed a boy. They'd hung him. It had to do with a white lady. They had castrated him and drug him behind a car to the courthouse in Lexington, Mississippi. Lexington. And I saw it. And that's something I've never forgotten, I guess. It's sort of like people seeing people killed in the war. You don't forget it. For you, how important is it to have to find these interviews and get them in, the, uh, in your collaborations? It's definitely important, I think, as just part of the story of the album. You know, when, I, when, I, when people listen to my projects, I want them to feel, feel that connection with the artist that I feel after working on the project. And so I try to include some of that stuff just to give people an idea of who the artist was as a person, even outside of the music. And, and um, for instance, on The Trill Is Gone, I, I collaborated with my friend uh, Saman Ashari, who uh, is a UGK historian, documentary filmmaker. And so he, he actually hooked me up with a lot of exclusive interview, interview sound bites from, from different artists and, and people talking about UGK's influence and Pimp C's production style. And, and so that was really cool to have exclusive access to, to uh, interview stuff like that. And that. That was completely relevant to the project, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely important for what I do. And, and, I, and I'm just a huge fan of that too. I'm, I'm a huge fan of like skits and hip hop albums that included, you know, extra interludes like like Prince Paul and Pete Rock and stuff like that so um yeah uh, I, I mean you talk as you're talking I mean I'm, I'm imagining that this is you know obviously this is also for you a, a kind of a labor of love um and it's also kind of it's a way for you not just you to share this new education with people but also for you to kind of learn more and more about the artists and even yourself in terms of the process of making these collaborations. Um, was there anything during this process that, I mean, just a couple of artists that you weren't aware of at the time and then kind of you found an interview or found, I don't know, uh, was reading more and more about it that kind of surprised you that you didn't really know about the artist at the time? Yeah. I mean, Fela Kuti's life is really fascinating. I was always a fan of his music before working on Fela Soul. But once I started really learning about his life story and how incredible it was and and same with Marvin Gaye, I mean, 
you know, I've always loved Marvin Gaye, but I've always, you know, at the same, same time, he's like such a legend and such a off limits kind of artist to sample that, you know, growing up, I wasn't really concerned with Marvin. I wasn't like, you know, rushing to go sample Marvin Gaye because I was trying to sample more obscure stuff. And, and then once I started doing mashups and, you know, started telling these stories, you know, that's when I was able to dive back in and really appreciate Marvin Gaye more so than when I was growing up and I was just like digging for more obscure samples to use, you know, now I can actually take a step back and appreciate, you know, legends like Phil Akuti and Marvin Gaye and B.B. King and Stevie Wonder and different people like that, that, um, that I didn't necessarily sleep on younger when I was a younger age, but I just wasn't as concerned with, you know, their music because I knew it was so famous and so popular and, and so off limits to sample that, you know, I, I kind of skimmed it over when I was younger, but now, you know, I'm getting to appreciate it, you know, from a completely different perspective. And so it's definitely therapeutic for me and, uh, and a learning process as well. So is there a, is there a, a collaboration so far that you're kind of the most proud of that for whatever reason that, you know, you did, you did the, you did the 17 tracks and then the 18, finally got the 18th track that was perfect. Um, if so, which, which, which collaboration is that? I, th- I think Yazin Gay was probably my favorite project that I worked on um, so far. I mean, I had fun working on Phila Soul and Bizarre Tribe, but I was still kind of figuring stuff out and just kind of learning my chops and for instance, with Fail Our Soul, you know, that was my first conceptual project. And and that album was great, but I really didn't feel like I had explored, you know, the the content connection between, you know, Fail Our's music and De La's lyrics as much. You know, the, the music sounded great and the beats were bumping and, you know, everything fit together perfectly sonically. But I feel like I could have drawn a bigger connection on you know, Phil Akuti's lyrics and, you know, what De La Soul was talking about. And, and so when, when you listen to a project like Yaz and Gay or BB and the Underground Kings, you'll start to hear how, how those connections are more apparent and more highlighted and how, how there really is like connections between the themes and the subject matter of what they're singing or talking about or rapping about. And so I've, I've been more conscious of that as the projects have evolved. So I think with, with Yaz and Gay, I really started to find my voice um, with these projects. Did, did it help you with the, the, the Yaz and Gay project that, that uh, Yaz and Bay, aka formerly known as Most Def, that he, he, he is a, di- he's, he has such an array of talent where he's just not an MC, but he's also, he's also a singer. He could actually sing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I used him singing a lot. I used it on the outro of the album. I sampled him from like Deaf Poetry, uh, Deaf Poetry Jam, where he's like singing, singing, saying goodbye to everybody. It's the U.S. The greatest. All right, let's go. Listen, I got a little love vibe. See you before we go. I don't want to say goodbye to you, so I'll just say goodnight. I sampled him on the panties um, with Marvin Gaye, and so they're kind of like crooning back and forth. It's almost like a duet between Mose and Marvin. I got 
got so much that I want to do, but I can show you better than I can say. And, you know, most Def is just great because, you know, he's just really personable and charming and charismatic. I mean, he's an actor, he's a host, you know, he's, he's done, he's played so many different roles. And so, you know, I, I used a lot of sound bites of him, not necessarily just, just rapping on the album, but even hosting the album, it seems like, or, you know, like saying goodbye, singing to everybody and things like that. You know, Umi Says, you know, is another great song that he sings on. And so, and then, you know, splicing that with Marvin Gaye and kind of having them talk to one another and create, creating a conversation out of that is, is very exciting too. So. Most Def is still, you know, one of the goats. I mean, definitely one of my favorite rappers of all time. So, is there a way of doing what you do without? I mean, you talked about sampling. How, how, how it's it is obviously extremely hard to clear get the clearance um, for a lot of the samples because a lot of times also you don't you don't you don't know officially who owns the rights. So I'm sure there's a lot of jumping through hoops and you know calling some guy to call a guy to call a guy. But is there a way of doing what you do with just creating your own beats and using their vocals like I mean, doing even Marvin Gaye and Yasin Bey just taking their vocals of the song and you having them kind of sing or rap over a beat that you made uh, or is there still a sampling issue there even with the vocals yeah there's still a sampling issue with the vocals I mean that that makes it a little bit easier you know because you're just dealing with the songwriting and and the sound recording of one person as opposed to like a whole band and all these different instruments. Um, and, you know, I've definitely this year, especially I've been kind trying to make a transition into, into creating more original beats from scratch. You know, I just got a guitar and a bass and I've been playing trumpet and trying to reteach myself how to play instruments um, this year, which is really exciting. But at the same time, you know, like with some of these projects, it's very difficult sometimes to even find, acapella vocal tracks for some of these artists like i was very very lucky to find the marvin gay multi-tracks that allowed me to create yazin gay mm. you know a lot of those songs on that on the yazin gay project wouldn't exist or wouldn't sound the way they sound if i wasn't able to get, gain access inadvertently to um different multi-tracks and stems of marvin gay that were floating around on the internet where i was able to isolate his vocals and guitars and different instruments, you know, just having access to stuff like that um, gives you a whole new world of possibilities, but, but finding that stuff can be a challenge. And that's why usually when I, you know, embark on these projects, it usually takes me, takes me a good couple of weeks just to, you know, start tracking down the records, the vinyls, or the acapellas and source materials and the interviews and all the, all the materials and the resources that I would need to even create a project like like Yazin Gay or Fela Soul or Bizarre Tribe. But yeah, I'd say having the multi-tracks, you know, is step one or having some, some vocal 
you know, acapellas at least. Uh, is there any uh, future collaborations that you could talk about now that you're working on, or is that kind of your, you, you know, you don't want to share it yet because they, you know, they, it might not, not, it, you know, it might be, you might, might not work out or, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely working on some stuff. I, I don't like sharing it because, because of the copyright thing. Right. Um, you know, you know, I like it to be a surprise when I come out with this because, you know, Yaz and Gay, for instance, you know, part one got shut down two days after it came out. And so it's, it's hard to promote these things properly. You know, like I don't want to make too much noise about it because then the labels will hear about it and they'll shut it down like the day it comes out. And, you know, I definitely don't want that to happen. Um, and so, yeah, I try to, I try to keep it under wraps. And the other, you know, another reason is, you know, these ideas don't exist in a vacuum. I mean, you know, somebody else could just take the same idea and go do it. Right. And, you know, if they did it better, props to them. But anyway, I like to, I like to keep, keep, keep the ideas under wraps, but I'm definitely working on a handful of, uh, soulmates collaborations that, you know, we should be seeing the light of day or hopefully the light of day here later this year. So, uh, he's a producer and DJ, Americo Gazaway. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the library with Tim and Cal on rapstation.com. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Said memories don't live like people I'm packing up my 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.